0: It's Monday here on the North Shore Drive Podcast, and Monday night football is upon us. Steelers, Browns at Accursure Stadium. Will the Steelers avoid going 0-2 and set the record straight with their with a one-on-one record going into week three of the season? We'll talk about the biggest points of this game leading into it. It's Chris Carter here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. We're free for the Paul. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, you can find the show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily episodes from the The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, not just this show, but every content covering all things Pittsburgh sports that we produce here. This show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in Pittsburgh, and the best place to take in a game if you're not at the game, but tonight if you're going to the game, it's the best place to be before and after the game. You can go right to right to Federal Street, right next to PNC Park. Uh it's it's in the North Shore. They have over 20 televisions. They have a 500 different available beers. 300 of those being local beers and 80 of those local beers being available on tap. We'll have more on Mike's Beer Bar in a little bit here, but Ray we were talking off camera before this show, and you brought up an interesting point about a team that looks very strong right now in the NFL, and that's the Dallas Cowboys and how they have certainly set their identity. They have a quarterback that they're paying a lot of money. They are they, they have an offense that you know they've invested in guys like C.D. Lamb, but they are playing a style of football with defense, and they're able to run the ball with a guy named Tony Pollard that looks a lot like what the Steelers have kind of talked about being over the over the over the past year or so what is your what is your your thoughts on how the Steelers need to establish a type of identity going into this game
1: yeah that's what I want to see out of the Steelers uh going into the Browns game on Monday night um we heard all offseason Chris about what they want to be um Andy White always says we want to be a bigger tougher uh more physical football team we want to impose our will on our opponents but We didn't see that on either side of the ball against the 49ers. And I understand the 49ers are really good, but there were basic tenets of the way they wanted to play that were not executed in that game. So, um, you know, with the Steelers not playing on Sunday, I sat down, I watched that Cowboys-Jets game, and Mike McCarthy knows exactly who they are. They are a good defensive football team, very good defensive football team. They have a good offense. And they played to those strengths. And you watch that game. I think what they have, five field goals, Chris. I mean, they were just wearing them down. It went from a 10-point a game at halftime, I think, uh, to 13, to 16, to 19. I mean, they, they just kept adding on and adding on and adding on. And um, it was just a clinic on how to put away a football team. They knew that their defense was going to be able to take care of business. And they had the offense play to that so that's what I want to see out of the Steelers tonight who are they and can they finally get to who they want to be
0: identity has been a big thing for the Steelers I think the defense has an identity but this is also a defense with a lot of new starters now like you know yes they still have making Fitzpatrick they still have T.J. Watt Alex Highsmith but this is not a defense that's going to be starting, especially on the defensive line, new guys because Cam Hayward's going to be out for for like about two months. They've got a whole new linebacker group. They've got uh, a new cornerback leading the group in Patrick Peterson, a cornerback in Joy Porter Jr. that they're hoping can step up and become a starter soon. There's a lot of new pieces here, so it's even for the group that kind of was supposed to be the tone setter for the, for, the, for the for this, for this team. I see that, there, that there's something here. But we've also talked about how the offense needs to set the tone because the offense is supposed to be the group that could bruise people, that could that could run the ball tough, use the one-two punch of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, use Isaac Sayumalo in this newly reformed offensive line to get things going. What about the offense do you need to see as far as the identity that they need to establish in this game?
1: Yeah, uh, they have to be more efficient in the running game. Um, they have to get to a point where, Um, You're not throwing the ball 45 times a game and handing off 10 times. Um, I think we all know that. That also comes along with not getting behind by 20 points, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes into a game. But um, they have to do that. They have to be a balanced football team. They cannot put Kenny Pickett in situations where um, the opposing defense knows that he's going to throw. So um, you got to be good on first down you got to get into third and manageables. Um, that's sort of Kenny Pickett's wheelhouse, you know, third and four, third and five. I think he can manage those types of games. But when you get him behind the sticks or when you get him in third and longs or second and longs even, um, it's a little bit of an uphill climb for, for, for this offense. So um, I, I just think more efficiency, uh, win those early downs, Chris, and I think they'll have a chance to have better success on those so-called weighty downs that uh, Mike Tomlin always talks about.
0: Yeah, absolutely, that's going to be a huge part of this. Is staying ahead of schedule. That's what the Niners did to them last week, and that's what the Browns did to the uh, to the Bengals a lot last week as well. On both sides of the ball, I think that's the biggest thing: is winning those early downs so that you can have an easier situation in the later downs. Uh, you know, I, I think you look at last last week. I know the Browns won very convincingly over the Bengals, but. I look at Deshaun Watson and how he played. That's not a quarterback that I would think that, you know, is going to be able to convert a whole lot of third and tens that their, their third down percentage last week was very similar to the Steelers when you look at it. So if you could put them in less favorable ones and yourself in more favorable ones, maybe you have a chance to win more of those weighty downs. And maybe that's going to impact the scoring situation. I want to talk about how some key matchups that we're going to highlight and it's maybe the two best players on this football field for both sides. They both play the same position. That's TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. I want to talk about their matchups coming up here in a minute on the North shore drive podcast on the Pittsburgh post-gazette, Chris Carter and Ray Fittipato talking all things Steelers. But 1st want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by Mike's beer bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Just go down to the North shore and you'll see what I'm talking about. Whether you're there for a Steelers pirates or Pitt game, Mike's beer bar is right across the street from PNC park and is the perfect option for you. If you're in the North shore on a night out or a day out and you just need a great place to hang out, catch some sports, get some great beer, and get some great food. They have over 20 televisions that you can catch all your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, even Premier League action right at Mike's Beer Bar. And if you wanted to call in and reserve a table with a TV specified to a game that you think that no one else is gonna carry, Mike's can do that. They even carried West Virginia versus Duquesne. They found a way to stream that on the TV. They'll find a way to get you a game. Come on in and try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of those local beers being well, three of those beers being local beers, and 80 of those local beers being craft local beers available on tap, which gives you so many different flight options that you'll never run out. And trust me, I never do. And I'm always there. They're changing out beers every week. And you can try their steak on a stone, which is an awesome meal choice. You can choose your choice of cut of steak. And you get it right on a heated stone in front of you with each piece that you cut off. You press into the stone and you choose how well done you want your steak cooked. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. And when you do, tell them Chris sent you. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Ray you wrote about a very interesting thing that came out of the Browns media, um, and they're talking to you know, Cle- Cleveland's team. And one of the biggest matchups is going to be the edge rushers versus the, the offensive tackles. Now, the Steelers have seen this before with Miles Garrett versus Dan Moore Jr. on the left side. That's nothing, nothing new. Dan Moore Jr.'s had some rough days, but he also has some good days against him. But the big thing that we have not seen is the rookie fourth-round pick, DeWan Jones. They call him Big Thanos over there in Cleveland and what he's going to have to do to match up with T.J. Watt. And Dewan Jones kind of said that he men- that he sees an error or a flaw in T.J. Watt's game that he's going to try to exploit. Can you explain to our audience what he was talking about here?
1: Well, DeWan Jones says T.J. Watt's uh, fatal flaw is he leaves his chest open. So Dewan Jones thinks if he can stay in front of him and he can execute a good punch that uh, he'll be able to – Um, keep T.J. Watt in check. Now, listen, I don't know why he said it. I mean, just chalk it up to a dumb rookie mistake. Even if you do watch film and your coach is telling you that, you don't open up your mouth and tell that to the media. Um, Because we all know, Chris, T.J. Watt is not a guy who needs any motivation at all to go out there on a football field. But You just give him that little bit extra, right? The rookie talking smack on me, you know, Defensive Player of the Year, I am sure that uh, was brought to his attention, and I'm sure uh, if he has the opportunity tonight that he'll make life heck uh, for DeJuan Jones. So, listen, I get it. You know, you always want to be able to think that the guy across from you isn't uh, superhuman or isn't better than you, but sometimes you got to be a little smarter and uh, not say some stuff to the media. That's my
0: you are poking the bear if you're telling T.J. Watt he has a flaw. Ray, I poked the bear. You remember that show we did here in training camp where I was where I was like, mm, maybe T.J. Watt's a little banged up. Maybe he doesn't have it right now because he's not dominating training camp. And then the very next practice, we literally recorded right where we are right now. We drove to La Trobe, and then he just destroyed practice that day. And I was like, oh. Okay, so no, no, he was he was just chilling. He was just relaxing during training camp. You don't poke TJ Watt. You don't poke the bear. And DeJuan Jones, you're getting your first start. I just think don't give T.J. Watt any ammunition and the whole Browns organization I'm sure they went like oh no because they have seen T.J. Watt up against rookie right tackles. They've seen him take over games and be the biggest problem and this is a game where the Browns are up against so much historical intangibles that may not play into how schemes are are laid into this game but that stuff creeps into your mind of a player when you hear it over and over and all we've heard is the Browns haven't been 2-0 since 1993 when Bill Belichick was their coach. The Browns haven't beaten the Steel in Pittsburgh on a regular season game since like 1992. The Steelers haven't lost in on a Monday night football game at home since like 1991 or whatever. This, all, all those things adding up, you don't need to be adding things. And against maybe the best edge rusher in football, it just seems like, like, like you're adding fuel to the fire here for a guy who doesn't need any fuel added to his fire.
1: Uh, I guess DeWan Jones didn't talk to his teammate James Hudson, who's oh. back at the tackle now. Uh, two, was it two years ago, Chris? Yeah. Uh, James Hudson was a rookie. Uh, I think he was a mid-round pick out of Cincinnati. Good player at the time. Hasn't really developed, I don't think, the way the Browns wanted him to. He gave up four sacks against T.J. Watt in a game in 2021. So, uh, hey, listen, maybe Dewan Jones can back it up. We'll find out tonight. But uh, I'll st- whatever happens, I'll stand behind. It was a very dumb thing to say publicly.
0: Let's flip around. Dan Moore Jr has not really given much ammunition to Miles Garrett on his side, but he also knows he's up against it. And I really think this could be a pivotal game for Dan Moore Jr's projection to to be a starting left tackle for the Steelers. You and I have talked about how Broderick Jones will eventually get in and become a starter at some point probably this season, but if if if, if he if Dan Moore Jr goes out here and struggles against Miles Garrett, that could definitely speed up that clock to midnight as far as how much longer he'd have there. What's your outlook on how this matchup's going to play out and what Dan Moore Jr. Has to do against miles Garrett. Cause he also, is it going to be a guy that's going to line up in a lot of different places as we saw how they did against the Bengals?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, you go back and look at Dan Moore versus miles Garrett. Sometimes he's, he's played okay. And I think the reasons he's played okay. Sometimes in that matchup is the Steelers have given him help, you know, uh, I can remember on the touchdown pass to Pat Fryermuth in Cleveland and helped the Steelers win that game a couple of years ago, um, Ben Roethlisberger shifted the pass protection, brought Najee Harris over to help on with Dan Moore's guy, uh, who was Miles Garrett. Najee Harris comes over, gets a block, and Pat Fryermuth scores a touchdown, and the Steelers go on to win that game. So uh, they won't be afraid to chip. They won't be afraid to double-team. Uh, You cannot let a guy like that. He's just like TJ Watt. You cannot let a guy like that wreck the game. And I'll go back to the Jets and the Cowboys yesterday. Micah Parsons totally wrecked that game for the Jets. They had no answers for him. He lined up over the tackle. He lined up over the center. No matter where he lined up, they couldn't block him. The Browns do a little bit of that too. So Mason Cole's got to be prepared. Dan Moore's got to be prepared. Even the guards have to be prepared um you got to do a good job you got to neutralize that guy because if you let him get going it's going to be a long day for that Steelers offense
0: absolutely and you know I think the Steelers they were able to isolate Nick Bosa last week uh and, and despite giving five giving up five sacks to the 49ers I think the both the both of those sacks came when they were kind of getting desperate in the game. Still you need to protect Kenny Pickett. You need to give him a, a the, the a very good reason to trust his pocket. I think that was one of the biggest problems last week was that Kenny Pickett was bailing on even safe pockets a little too early Um, and he and so that, that's also partially on him but the offensive line has to I think give him the confidence to stand up there because this is also a defense front that's added to Darius Smith. It's added Dalvin Tomlinson. this isn't going to be a group that you can just pick on Miles Garrett and just take him out and be like okay you're fine now. You have to be aware about all the different ways they're gonna attack and Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, he's going to be bringing blitzes from all sides. And that's one thing that Kenny Pickett's going to have to identify a lot. One thing when I look at the all 22 when I watch the Browns, and I'm very impressed by it, and it's nothing new because this is what Jim Schwartz has always done wherever he's gone, but he loves to line up, be aggressive. He's going to send five, six guys at you. But what he's going to do is he's going to line up his defense in a way that you'll see that it's man coverage, but you're going to have to guess which player is blitzing and which player is, is playing man coverage on the uncertain receivers. And if you guess wrong, it's going to be about three to four seconds before someone's in your face because we're sending more guys than you're blocking, and that's going to be be your issue. So a lot of this is going to be on Kenny Pickett, but if the offensive line can hold up and give him that time, it could be the key to getting the offense going, Ray.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you go back and listen to what Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday and then Matt Canada again on Thursday, Chris, they thought the offensive line played fine. And uh, given those circumstances, when you're dropping back to pass 45 times, I mean, really 46 times, because one of those was a scramble by Kenny Pickett, um, you're 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 going to be put in harm's way. You're going to be in situations where those pass rushers can pin their ears back and, and go after the quarterback. So I know a lot was said and written about uh, Dan Moore and his PFF grade, and even all the other linemen. Um, maybe with the exception of Chukso for who I think graded out okay. Um, sometimes the way the, the, the Steelers coaches look at the tape, it's different than what maybe some of these amateur people on PFF do. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, but there's always two sides to the story when you're talking about offensive line play.
0: Absolutely. I want to talk more with you, Ray, about the injury report that we've seen going into this game from both sides and how it will impact the game plan. We'll get to that here on the other side of the break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh post that Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato talking Steelers-Browns on Monday Night Football. But first, I want to remind you guys this show is brought to you by Savinas Kane and Gallucci. their are and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas Kane. And Gallucci, also brought to you by GameTime. GameTime.co is a website you need to go to if you're buying tickets for your favorite events, even if it's up to the last minute. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer deals even on last-minute tickets and they have the best price guarantee that can't be beat. Just go to GameTime right now or uh, download the app or go to GameTime.co and you'll get exclusive flash deals on anything. Steelers tickets, uh, Pirates tickets. When the Penguins are back, you can get tickets for them as well. Even for concerts, comedy events, theater events, anything near you, GameTime, it, get, get, it gets you the best options for it. And they have the best price guarantee that says that if you find tickets to the same event in the same section and row for less somewhere else, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase, or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms you just apply, create an account, and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato talking Steelers, Browns. Ray we know the Steelers' situation. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll let our audience know if they weren't paying attention over the weekend. And it's different because normally you see the final injury report on Friday, and it's like, okay, you know what's what it's going into uh, on Sunday. But this is Monday, so it came out on Saturday. But the Steelers, we know Cam Hayward's on injury reserve, but Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarlane are the two guys out. Now, there was an addition of George Pickens with a hamstring that he was limited on Saturday, but he wasn't given an injury designation. What does that tell you about his situation?
1: Uh, that tells me he's going to be ready for the game. Uh, they wouldn't take the chance and not include him on that report because they can get into trouble if they do that. So my take, Chris, if it was a serious injury, uh, they would at least uh, list him as questionable. But it was probably just a, a little tweak. They were being cautious, and uh, I think that's all uh, All there is to it. Um, you know, you, you told uh, folks the bad news. The good news is, Larry Ogunjobi and Pat Friermuth also do not have injury designations going to this game, so I think those cases, you know, last week as they were limited in practice, just again precautions. Friermuth came back into that opener after the chest injury; he did okay. And Ogunjobi, as we know, Chris, I think this is going to be a season-long thing where he's limited or not practicing, but uh, he always seems to be able to play on Sundays. Or, and, Mondays and, in this
0: case. Or, or Mondays, right. And, and it, this is very much the pace that Mike Tomlin said it would be. He said there's going to be a lot of guys who missed some games, some practices early, but they'll be ready for game time. Only two guys miss in Johnson McFarlane, Acor Fort, Daniels, Fryermuth, Ogunjobi, Jovi, Seal, Malo, and Pickens. All other guys who were named in the injury report for being limited at one point during the week, but they're all set to play with no injury game status. But on the Browns, they have some questions themselves. Joel Patonio looks like he's good to go at the, at the guard, but. Uh got the right now, the big question right now, not the question, it's you know, it's kind of solved. Amari Cooper is set to not play the number one receiver for them. So both teams were missing their number one wide wide receiver here. What do you see this being an impact on the Browns game plan for, for tonight?
1: Yeah, I, I think for both offenses, you're gonna have to see some adjustments. I you know, you think for the Steelers, George Pickens is gonna get more targets. Um, I actually think that might be a good thing for Kenny Pickett because when you look at it, Chris. How much were things simplified for Kenny last year when Chase Claypool was traded away? I think sometimes when you eliminate um, a top target in your offense, I think it simplifies things for the quarterback. So look for pickings to get more targets uh, and look for obviously Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin to have uh, bigger roles in the offense too. Then you flip it over to Cleveland to me, Chris, this is just an invitation and I don't think the Browns need one. It's an invitation to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers are without Cam Hayward. They got gashed in the running game last week. Why would you even mess? I, I know you got to pass a little uh, a little bit. you got to be a little bit balanced, but I would be trying to run the ball down. The Steelers throws this week with that news. Um, they are not with, without other weapons. David Njoku is a good player. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a good player. But to me, uh, the Browns are a big physical football team. Uh, take advantage of that and run Nick Chubb tonight.
0: No, I agree. This is that that's, that's your biggest strength. He's your be, he's your best player on offense, in my opinion. I know that there's excitement for Deshaun Watson to kind of get going a little bit here. But again, you got T.J. Watt. And Ale- I will say this, too. Alex Highsmith should not be overlooked in this game because he has given Jedrick Wills problems at the left tackle position for, for the Browns. And this could be a game where both the edge rushers take over. And in fact, when I look back at that game where the Steelers won 28, 14, the regular season finale, Nick Chubb averaged over six yards per carry in that game, but he didn't get to 80 yards, which is kind of the benchmark where if the, if he hits 80 yards, the Browns win against the Steelers. If he loses, if he doesn't hit 80 yards, they're Oh five and one against the Steelers. Uh, but um, when, I, when I look at that, the biggest factor was the Steelers eventually got after the quarterback and sacked Sean Watson seven times at the regular season finale last year. If I'm the Browns, I'm doing everything I can to not allow the Steelers to set that pace. Because if they do, if Kenny Pickett gets even just a, a, a small lead and the defense is getting after the quarterback and setting up second and long and, and third and long there, it's going to neutralize your, your, your chances to run the ball. And that is the strength that you want to hammer into a defense that's missing its captain right up the middle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you go back and look at some of those games, Chris, where Nick Chubb was under 80 yards, I think they were – a lot of those cases were self-inflicted wounds by Kevin Stefanski in his offensive coaching staff of putting the ball in the quarterback's hands more than your best player. So Stefanski has uh, a history of doing that. Uh, we'll see if it happens again tonight. I think if it does happen, it's playing right into the Steelers' hands. Um, I, I think if there's one thing that the Steelers will be concerned about going into this game, there's actually a couple things defensively. Number one, you got to get the communication straightened up. And number two, and most importantly – Um, You got to get the run defense straightened out. That was not good against the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey um, popped the big one against them. They got to stay in their lanes. They got to stay disciplined and they cannot let Nick Chubb take over this football
0: Absolutely. We'll be on hand there at Ackershire Stadium tonight. Myself, Ray Phil Apollo, Jerry Dulac, Brian Batko, Paul Zeiss, Ron Cook. We'll have the full gamut of people there covering this game. So if you want the best coverage in town on this football game, go to post-gazette.com where we'll have all the the reactions. We'll also have Ray and Jerry most likely on camera. Tonight, after the game, giving them, giving you a brief breakdown on that. So find that at postgazette. and find this show along with all of our, our our video and audio content either on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel for more. Ray, thanks so much for joining me here on a Monday morning. I'll see you Monday night at the, at the stadium, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday for the star Drive podcast. But remember, we will have post game coverage tonight here on this very channel. So stay tuned for all the content coming from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. We'll see you after the game. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.